Hey there and welcome to the We Move podcast. This week we're catching up with Carl Powley, who was the first person Chris and I had lined up to see when we started We Move back in 2015, 2016. Now for those of you who haven't heard of Carl, the way I found out about Carl was a result of his best-selling book, Freestyle Connection, which was for me at the time the simplest book I could find on moving better and he'd distilled movement down into four simple movements which were all scalable to discover and explore and apply to your practice now what I then found out was that he came to all this because he was a a, uh, a professional gymnast, I guess. He was intending or had his eyes set on the Olympics, um, which then injury moved him into coaching and teaching others how to move better. And at the time that we met him, he was coaching gymnastics movements to various action sports athletes and primarily some of the fittest people on the planet in the CrossFit realm. So he came with a professional pedigree that interested us back in 2015-16 when we were exploring this idea of there being more to sport than the sport itself. So Chris and I met up with Carl in San Francisco and that began the start of a connection that we've had because I think we were all on a unknowingly on a similar trajectory for challenging what we had become for what we can be and Carl I think was definitely experiencing and explaining movement in that way at the time uh, to move by feel to understand the foundations and when you understand those foundations you can then go and explore for yourself the world around you and the practice around you and that inevitably I think ultimately makes the movement practice or whatever you're doing so much richer and it was last year, so that was 2020, having been in touch with Carl uh, at various times in the years between uh, and often checking in because we've done a couple of podcasts with him now, just kind of see him try new things in the world, new ways of teaching, new ways of talking, new ways of explaining. And I think ultimately for him, new ways of navigating the world around him as it was changing, as it as it's always changing. So last year, I noticed a turning down of the volume on social media for Carl, and really as many of us did, and I was curious to speak to him then, but it didn't feel the right time, partly, partly for me, partly for Chris, partly for Carl, I think. Uh, so we just let him do his thing. And then this year, he posted a couple of posts that caught my eye, and he was talking about this idea of what's beyond the training, like why are we training and why are we moving? And I, and that really, no, I think that is where we move is headed to. Like it, it is beyond training. What, 
the conversations that we have. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. It's beyond the sport itself. We're doing it for other reasons. And fitness and health are a, a consequence, a positive consequence of that injury, etc. can be a, an unwanted consequence of that as well. So that's very much where Chris and I are with our thoughts, films and directions of the conversations we've been having. So it felt like this conversation with Carl could add another perspective to this idea and to hear his story and perspective of the last year and really a, a moving away, which I think is really common amongst all of us, a moving away from the things that lit him up in the first place that, that gave him this this sense of purpose and and meaning uh, because often what gets in the way are the, the nice to haves like the success and the acclaim rather than the must haves which is enjoyment and fulfilment he's always very eloquent in what he's going through he's very open and incredibly sincere or well, that's certainly how we take it and i think there are some points made that might be interesting for people who are questioning where they fit in the world at the moment and where they fit in with their training and and why and and it might be a a spark for igniting more of a curiosity into the movement and training that uh, we may have started and put down or grown a bit tired of or always wanted to do and never done. So what I take away from what Carl says, and this is something that he said, which was our bodies are the instrument we use to inf interface with the external world. And what I take from that is when your instrument's clean and clear, how you experience the world around you changes and the movements that you do allow you to see the world in different ways um, and not just you're upside down in a handstand, but you, you experience like micro challenges in a they're encapsulated in an ecosystem of the movement. And that's what I take away from this conversation, uh, that you have to begin, begin the movement, and that has knock-on consequences for seeing the world in different ways and igniting curiosity in what you eat, how you think, how you move, how you experience relationship with other people. So enjoy the podcast, and if you enjoy it and you find some value in it, may I suggest... Um, you buy us a coffee and that's a simple donation uh, concept idea that's uh, there is a link for that on our website and on our Instagram page in the bio and one day we will be able to share coffee with people in the flesh and that will be much more enjoyable um, because we'd like to have conversations with more of you so thank you for listening Enjoy and peace out from Chris and myself. So, what what what's been going on for the past year? Then, what, uh, obviously, you haven't been travelling for the, which has no, obviously traveling. been a big part of your life for the past ten years. 
yeah, everything kind of came to a halt, but uh, I somehow got ahead of the curve um, because November 9th of 2019, I did my last seminar and I, I said, I'm, I'm retiring, so to speak, meaning I'm not, I'm not teaching anymore on the road for an unlimited amount of time. So I had, I had already decided to, to be done. And although I had uh, a few straggling things that I had to complete, I had a visit to China uh, booked for the early 2020. And uh, I was also going to make it to Singapore. China got canceled, uh, not for the pandemic, but because something happened uh, with, with the course I was supposed to be teaching. And uh, I ended up in Singapore and that's when the pandemic broke out. And then I came back to the U.S. and then everything uh, shut down. And of course, I wasn't traveling, but I, I had already planned on not not be traveling anymore. So it wasn't a surprise. It came actually as a gift. So I got these I got a three month window of being on what felt like summer holiday uh, as a teenager. <laughs> okay, I just I just did nothing but uh, enjoy food. Uh, being outside, uh, I was reading. I was uh, I was starting to train again and move my body. And uh, something very special happened during those three months, which was that I I was doing handstands, and uh, uh, a guy that I've uh, communicated back and forth with for years now. His name is Miguel Santana. He's a he's a, a wonderful hand balancer. He said, "Hey, Carl, I see you're standing on your hands again." Uh, any chance you'd like some guidance? And I said, yeah, why not? So we got on a call. He gave me a little program. I followed the program. A few weeks went by and I was like, hey, do you have a little bit more? And he gave me a little bit more. And then I said, do you have a little more? Yeah, I got a little bit more. And we've been working out together for almost a year. And hand balancing has really catalyzed this uh, re-engagement with my physical practice. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I really appreciate all the movement and training that I've done in the past and the, the knowledge that I've accumulated because I can truly experience this one thing in a, in a very special way. And, uh, just like James was saying earlier, I'm feeling very fertile in that space. Uh, so stay, stay away, everybody. <laughs> Anything could happen here. And that was pretty cool. Is that was kind of why I um, reached out to you, uh, as well as checking in. I mean, you were the first person that we met on this journey, but seeing you come back into hand balancing just made a lot of sense to reconnect with it mm -hmm. and kind of to ask why like yeah. that, that gap in between. Cause I think mm -hmm. I've noticed people, we've all kind of been absorbed by that movement culture in whatever, whatever region that we inhabited it. And then it seems to be a way that it just gets too much. And it's like, I don't want to do that thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. Then it goes quiet, goes a bit fallow, and then it comes back into this fertile phase. And it seems like we've had time over the last year. We've had lots of things which seemed like a natural resting point for so many of us or a natural enforced rest point for so many of us because you were traveling all over the mm -hmm. world like a, 
you know, you were probably on a plane more than you were on your hands. Yes. You know, which like all yeah. the time you seem to always be traveling. And then to see you come back and the words you were using to express that coming back to f- discovering the body again, I thought was really, really poignant because we, we, we kind of playing around with this idea of that we occupy us or we move occupies a space called metaphysical culture, like beyond the physical culture. And it seems to be that we've all been on this self-discovery journey. Mm-hmm. And then it always comes back into the movement. Yeah. And that seems to, as, a, as an observer, definitely kind of where you've gone to and then return to. And just really interested, yeah, to kind of ask why yeah. what happened. Yeah. There. Well, uh, I can tell you the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> this is a story about a little boy who lost his identity along the way. That's That's what it is. And... I, I lost my identity, not as my personality or my uh, way of expressing myself physically, but, but rather my, my identity as in my relationship with my self, my true self, the self that uh, at the essence of me uh, is already there has already arrived is 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 already pure is in in maya angelo's words is pristine is perfect and i lost access to that some way somewhere along the way and somehow the 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 rise to uh, creating some sort of personality around the way that I was expressing myself when it was in, in, in relationship to teaching movement, for example, uh, it created a barrier between the outside world and my inside world. And the more I pursued uh, climbing that ladder or trying to express myself through uh, teaching movement specifically and in the, in the CrossFit uh, realm of things and, and seeing there, the more separation there was until one day it just imploded. It just cracked. And I wanted to yeah, run in the opposite direction. And really, I wanted to be nobody. I wanted to be completely unknown. I wanted to be uh, completely unrelated to uh, everything that I had done in the past. And the more I tried to run in the opposite direction, the more I kept on encountering the same people. And I started wondering, okay, so what is happening here? I can't go anywhere. Wherever I go, I'm always confronted with the same feedback. So the problem is not uh, the audience. It's not other people. It's my relationship with myself. And frankly, I didn't know how to solve it, how to work with it. And that led to several breakdowns that were relatively dark periods of time. And I say relatively because there was always a glimmer that allowed me to kind of come back and continue on. But I, I just didn't want to do any of it anymore. And I'm talking about... Uh, I didn't want to teach. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to have any relationships. I didn't want to be here on this planet. I didn't want to do any of it. 
but the glimmer, that little light kept on showing up and it, it just kept on guiding me uh, a little further and a little further. And, and that started translating into sitting with that, which was painful, sitting with that, which was really uncomfortable and realizing that unless I reconciled with that, which was causing pain or what I thought was causing pain, I wouldn't be able to continue to move forward. And the first thing I had to let go of was um, any expectations, any, any outcome, any future. I had to let go of all of that. And the moment I started doing that, I started to feel a little lighter. And the, the nobody that I wanted to become earlier in the path was actually starting to happen, but it was starting to happen in a way where I didn't have to try anymore. It, 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 it was happening for me. And it, it, it was really like just using the, using the metaphor of the river. It was like floating down a river and just saying, I can either choose to just float in the river and go by and check out the scene, or I can, I can choose to swim in one direction or another. I can turn around and look upstream. I can look downstream, but I'm in the river. And that alone, just being able to be in the river and floating in the river, that experience, the experience of being in life just as is, was enough. And the moment that became enough, that, that was the moment I was able to say, okay, I am ready to do whatever comes next. And uh, magically, <laughs> uh, I'm standing on my hands and something clicks. And what clicked was somebody saw me in that moment and said, hey, you have something here. Would you care to nurture it a little bit? And the moment I started nurturing that little part of me, that little handstand that I've been doing my whole life, it's been there since I was five years old, my whole life. It's not fancy. It's not uh, anything uh, like out of this world. It's very simple, but it's, it's there. And the moment I started nurturing that, everything just started to unfold. My meditation started to make sense. My breath work started to make sense. The, the way that I was communicating started to make sense. And everything could always return to that place. And the handstand being home, uh, a place of balance, calibration, uh, perspective. I mean, you're upside down. You're seeing the world in a different way. Uh, a place of contrast where I get to explore what's happening on one arm versus the other arm, what's happening in the back, what's happening in the front, uh, discovering ways of entering and exiting a handstand, and then applying that to all the techniques, methods, principles, values that I had accumulated over the past uh, 20 years of traveling and teaching all of a sudden, I was the student of my own experience, and that's been just a remarkable, remarkable thing to to get to live it. And I'm I'm living it now. And as I'm sharing this with you, I, I realize that all I have to do is continue to do that. And if I if I do so, then uh, everything is okay. Nice, man. 
do you um do you need to or or do we or, or should it be, or maybe it is, do we make sense of our place in the, the world through a movement practice? Because I'm seeing this a lot where people are returning to the thing that they did as kids. Yeah. Um, lately, I've been saying that our bodies are the instrument that we use to interface, just like a keyboard or a mouse or our phones to interface with this world that we live in and ourselves. It's the, it's the bridge between uh, what's happening internally and externally. And although I've said this before, uh, I'm starting to realize this more and more. And every single one of us through movement, through the physical expression can become more proficient at interfacing with ourselves. And what I've, what I've come to realize is that I used to say, you have to upgrade your personal operating system. <laughs> you have to upgrade yourself. No, no, yourself, your true self is perfect. There's no upgrading. But the body as the interface between that which is inside and that which is outside, that needs tuning. That's what needs upgrading. And in order to tune it, the user that is tuning it, that's the one that needs upgrading. Mm. So when we find a movement expression, a physical expression that we are not only familiar with, but we feel secure, challenging, that's the place where we can start to fine tune our body. And if we allow ourselves to go a little bit beyond, like you were mentioning earlier, if we allow ourselves to go beyond movement, beyond the physical, all of a sudden there, we get to meet the most important person in this world, which is ourselves. And when you truly meet yourself, that's when you get to meet everybody else. And that's where the channels really start to open up. And this, although uh, can sound kind of esoteric or out there or very meta, this is at the essence of finding a place where things make sense, not necessarily rationally, but, but they really make sense uh, in, inside of you, in your heart, in, in, and, and can be expressed in a way that makes sense too. Because when you, when you speak, all of a sudden, it comes from a place of pure clarity. And when, when that clarity comes out, the person who's on the other side, listening, receiving, can see it, can hear it, can feel it. And all of a sudden, there's connection. And you can call that uh, resonance. We are resonating with each other. Maybe the words don't make sense, but the message that is underlying the words does. And that clarity right there, that is that which I believe keeps us alive, keeps us here, keeps us uh, open to want to continue to learn and, and unfold and develop. And the, the unfolding is expressed through motion. And this is very uh, powerful. So movement is the anchor and movement is uh, a great place to return home in this physical form. Yes. Mm. Lots of things in there. Lots of things in there. Uh, Chris and I, <laughs> earlier, on, earlier on when I, when I got our timings wrong and I said to Chris, we were on call three hours ago, 
we ended up having a conversation <laughs> and uh we were talking we did our own podcast yeah we, we did our own <laughs> podcast uh, and we were talking about words and then and speaking and and chris was mentioning like a the shakespearean frequency on how you read shakespeare and for it to take its full effect and it becomes quite alchemical which mm-hmm. does seem esoteric but that clarity and i've seen clarity four times today you were the fourth person to, to for me to either read it or, or hear it um so it definitely feels like that clarity is everything and how mm-hmm. much has been clouded through traveling seminars you know you know just just seeing your kind of your trajectory there was so much lost and and put further in between you and yourself and then it, mm-hmm. you come back to it and there's super clarity and before it was really focused and i think that's i feel we're all doing that aren't we yeah just trying yeah. To, trying to find that peace where it's the right pitch and tone and i guess i mean in a way hand balancing is a really good metaphor for that because it feels impossible and then you experience nothingness and you're upside down weightless mm-hmm. there and it and everything makes sense but nothing also makes sense at the same time mm-hmm. in a handstand it's just like wow mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of quite apt because you've always been very clear in articulating like when we'd come and see your seminars and when you'd be coaching people it was always delivered in the right way to get the the right result or effect from the other person mm-hmm. so very interesting to hear you finding uh, a yeah, uh well yeah thank you I, I what's coming up for me is 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 that maybe i was cognitively clear Maybe I was rationally clear, but emotionally I was not. And what I mean by this is that my my mood was clouded because my 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 affect in the in the moment of teaching a seminar or uh, throughout you know a period of time was just going up and down. I was going into these extreme highs of enjoying being at a seminar teaching and then going into my hotel and being at a, an extreme low. Um, uh, making a lot of money and then making no money and, and always living in this crazy pendulum swing. My affect was going all over the place and thus my mood was clouded. It wasn't clear. But now I'm able to, I'm more cognizant. I'm able to notice when my, my affect is changing and I'm able to, uh, in that moment, realize whether that affect changing, my, my state of being changing, is translating into that which I am here to do in this very moment. Like right now, I'm here to uh, speak to you guys and, and share and talk about whatever comes up. So my, my, my mood, wherever it is, as it's going up, it's going like, oh, I'm, I'm very excited to see you guys. But in order for me to not be clouded, I need to allow myself to kind of dip a little bit more, stay a little bit more balanced, stay down here. Don't, you don't need to go too high right now. Just stay calm. And the moment you stay calm, the, 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 just like the, the metaphor of, of, of the water, all of a sudden it, it's, 
it, it becomes clear. You can see the sky, you can see the water, and you can see what's underneath the water. It, it, it becomes clear, and that's, that's our mood. Um, and our mood is, is really the lens through which we see the world. And when we can use our mood as the true lens, all of a sudden, uh, we can produce amazing results, results that we, we weren't expected, but are, are, uh, are very valuable. Hmm. And this is a conversation around emotional fitness that uh, I'm currently anchoring a lot of my, my thinking around. Yeah. And that seemed quite often or, or observationally seeing people doing things, physical practices, like the body, the body and the mind doing two things, the body doing it, going, yeah, this is good. We're going to get, we're, we're getting to the place we need to like this, uh, equanimous point of, you know, just perfect balance and the mind kind of going in and out and, and never letting the, that feeling come. So mm -hmm. the, the mind chases the, the training session or chases the event or chases the, whatever it is. And the body's trying to catch up with it, but going, no, this, this is good. Just let us, let me be exhausted. Let me rest. Let me be active. But the mind just constantly like, a yo-yo or like just flinging in, but never actually yo-yoing, never finding that effortless rise and fall. Just like, you know, you know when you got a yo-yo as a kid and you do mm -hmm. it and, and you'd like throw it and you'd be like, Oh, that that's not coming back. And then you'd find that kind of, it would become weightless and it would just rise mm -hmm. and fall. Mm -hmm. Seeing that a lot, that just people th just going in and out, in and out, but then, Getting lost along the way. I would mm -hmm. suggest that maybe that's a learned behavior because, you know, what you're describing there, Carl, to, to, to me can only be um, <clears throat> understood through one's own experience. And, and whilst I'm hearing what you're saying, I, I only have my perception of what it is that you're saying. Like, I, I don't, it's impossible for me to understand it in the way that you do because I didn't have those highs and those lows that you were talking about. At the same time, my experience of that or James' experience of that, you can only understand through through your perception. And so these are things mm -hmm. that, that can only be be understood through through feeling and through experience that, that they can't be taught. And and uh, you know, our our, our environment, to, to my mind, our environment is one which <laughs> just teaches to constantly go up. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you have a, a little dip, it's like, wait, stop, don't let it go any lower, you've got to go up. Like uh, mm -hmm. it, even even as, as simple as well you know over the period of your lifetime your wages should always go up like every year you should be getting a pay rise up, 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 up. you know there's never a like well actually be much better for me to just kind of plateau here and maybe go down because then maybe it's going to go up higher you know it, it just doesn't there isn't a conversation about plateauing or about balancing it's it's always about going up and so one is never mm -hmm. allowed on one one is never taught to to go into that that feeling like feelings almost a scary word particularly i would say from our parents generation you know when i when i think of my 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 parents and, and probably their friends it's like they they're not particularly expressive about the way that they feel in general whereas say for example our generation 
a lot of my friends get a therapy <laughs> you know they they need to they need to express so it's they, there's, there's a changing of the guards i would like to say in terms of understanding or changing the guards in terms of the direction that 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 we realize that we need to to be going in and it's not just always up and one has to have their own experience like i can intellectually understand something but you know, I could equally be sitting on this call going, well, I kind of don't really understand it, but I also don't have the feeling <laughs> experience to kind of understand it. So like, uh, I don't know, you know? Yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, like James was saying earlier, uh, I, I, I picked up the word intellect when you said we can intellectualize things. Uh, intellect, the word itself means to read between the lines. And what's between the lines of that which we know? Well, it's that which we are. And it's there where one enters, we could call awareness, uh, consciousness, equanimity, as, as James was saying earlier. But there's a culture that we've created around uh, uh, that which we believe to be true. And the changing of the guards, as you're, you're speaking of it, I think that's, that's uh, one part of uh, uh, our generation. We, we've we've allowed the changing of the guards to happen and it's because we've said uh, we need this and we we don't only need this uh, maybe i'm speaking about therapy right now or talking about our emotions and our feelings uh, we don't only need this but this is the most important work that we can possibly do and right now maybe the dissonance that exists is where does personal work really uh, express value in our current society and what's the metric for that it's not money anymore <laughs> we can't really measure our personal work on money yes it can translate but it, there's no direct correlation that people are, are are very comfortable saying yes this plus this equals this it, it just doesn't work like that it's way more convoluted and I think there's a, what we're entering is a place where uh, uh, trust is being revisited. We're, we're, we're revisiting what we truly trust. And this is kind of all the spiritual teachings, all the religious teachings are based on faith, which is the trust that everything is, is perfect. Everything's going to be okay. But we're challenging that and we're wondering, is this really true? And, and that's kind of what we're experiencing. I think that's where the friction in the changing of the guards is. That's where the contrast in the changing of the guards is. That's where the change of culture as it's happening. Some of us are resistant. We're like, ah, I, I don't want to go there. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't make sense right now, intellectually, <laughs> rationally, so to speak. But when you, when you stop and observe it, you realize, wait a second, this chaos that we're experiencing, that we're seeing in the world is self-regulating. The chaos that exists outside is inside of me. If I can allow the chaos that is inside of me to self-regulate, what I'm going to see on the other side, regardless of how long it takes, is probably exactly that which I need to see. And when you see that, you can see all perspectives. Do you, do you have to get to the burnout point? <laughs> where it's so exhausting running and chasing and, and trying to control everything that in the end, you're like, fuck it. I just, I just need to see the, <laughs> I, I, did. I just need to see if, 
if that, that's the one percent thing that I haven't actually like kind of looked at yet. So you know, do you have to exhaust every other option? I mean, it almost goes back to the very first question we ever asked James, which is like, you know, do you have to suffer to evolve? Mm. <laughs> you know, well, a, a, a Buddhist would tell you yes. Uh, that the first noble truth is that being alive, this world comes with suffering. That's the first noble truth. The, the second noble truth is that suffering or pain comes from attachment. That means that we, whatever we we think is, we believe that's the truth. And this is whether you get what you want or you you get what you don't want. The the third noble truth is that there's practice that you uh, have to go through, meaning you have to work with your attachments to start to dissolve them, to reconcile them. And the fourth noble truth is once you've done that, uh, then there is, then there's bliss. So the, uh, or nirvana, you reach nirvana. Uh, so the, the conversation about, do you need to reach burnout to, uh, arrive at a place of wholeness, bliss, uh, peace, uh, expressing your truest self, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you don't have to reach burnout, but our, 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 our skewed sense of what this world is, uh, the perception of time, um, of having to uh, get to a certain place by a certain age, or you have to pay rent, or you have a mortgage, or you have kids that need to be fed, all of these constructs, uh, they are working against our ability to uh, let go. To, to release that attachment. And thus, uh, still as it is today, a lot of us are led through these constructs, through these paradigms towards burnout. And it's only when you reach burnout when you say, I don't care about anything but myself. And it's that moment you fall through the cracks, the paradigm completely shifts. And then you are at the bottom of this well looking up and saying, wow, how did I, how did I get here? And, 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 and that uh, being the beginning of you uh, really uh, rediscovering who you are, but you don't have to go to that point. We, we can create a culture, we can create um, a lifestyle that is conducive for making practice, whether it's physical, emotional, intellectual, one that is focused on uh, the discovery of self, the essence of self, and can elicit all the systems, expressions that allow us to get our needs met. Whether it's shelter, food, uh, connection with communities and people, being able to express ourselves individually through our different strengths, our, our, our unique abilities, and then being able to contribute to the whole. The, this, it's possible to go through Maslow's hierarchy of needs in a way that is focused on practicing on self uh, exploration. It's possible. It doesn't need to be the practice of materialism or uh, a systematic approach that is 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 designed for maximizing effort. It doesn't have to be like that. contemplating on that one for a second <laughs> then again who am i <laughs> to even say that that is true i don't know uh, that's just my perspective my experience 
is that the is that maybe how uh rather than answer i don't know the other the, a better word for answers but is that how or is that what answers the when you see someone that's just got that equanimity and they never seem to have uh, struggled or suffered. They've always just, they almost know no different. In, well, they don't know any difference in their life because it's just, it's just kind of worked, but they've had just an attitude. And there's a good mate of mine who definitely springs to mind. It's like he was always going to be where he was going to be, which is, you know, at the top of his field. Um, mm -hmm. without putting a metric on just because he was like he knew where he wanted to go he didn't really he reduced all friction in it but it was just him I, you know it's not like he it's just that was his worldview from almost being born and then mm -hmm. and and that's that seems to be actually quite unusual but it also seems to be the people that really look effortless in what they do it's just like They've just, they've just got it. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know where that comes from. Like when you have it and you have that effortlessness, you don't really know any different. So it's hard to then mm -hmm. teach that to someone because they're just like, well, this is just what, you know, this is the way I see the world. But for mm -hmm. other people, and I, I, what you say, or your, uh, reciting of how you've found the last few years totally feels in resonance to me and then it then like you get the aha moments and you're like oh, okay like for me being in portugal feels like everything else has dissolved over the last you know from when from actually from when we met mm -hmm. around that time to now all of that in between has just dissolved and what felt like a really long slog of five or six years of not really knowing now we 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 drove out to portugal and it was like oh this is where we're supposed to be and every all of the shit storm of the mm -hmm. last few years just disappeared mm -hmm. and it's hard to explain and that doesn't mean everyone should just go and get in a car and drive a few different countries away that was what i had to do and you know mm -hmm. you don't and know you can't it. you can't you can't escape escape uh by moving through the geography <laughs> yeah. no and, and that's it like where where you are is actually where you it's where you are like that you you said about coming back to the self and we talk about that uh just that idea like yourself has almost been lost in the words yourself mm -hmm. like they took the space away and when i hear you talk about it there's your space self mm -hmm. and self with a capital s but somewhere yeah. in culture they just put those two words together and hidden hidden the importance of self like at all costs just don't think about yourself. Be selfless. And mm -hmm. yeah, Ra Ram Dass, incredibly Ram selfish. Has a, yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's it. That's it. Be incredibly selfish. This is a Ramdas uh, uh, said. I work on myself as an offering to you. I work with you as a way of working on myself. That's that's it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, that's all you can do. That's all you can really do. And something that has, um, I've been exploring um, 
maybe people can hear this, but I've been exploring what, what, what is spirituality from, from so many different perspectives. And um, of course I've been exploring all these different uh, ways of talking about it and seeing it. And one that continues to ring true. And it's one that I learned from my, my mother was uh, uh, the, the art of uh, uh, reconciliation, the way that they do it in Hawaii, which is uh, Ho'oponopono. And uh, it's very simple. It's, uh, it's where one, one assumes full responsibility. So let's say uh, somebody in, in your family is sick. You, you ask yourself, what is it in me that I'm attracting the sickness in my family? And for some, this may be uh, so ridiculous because it makes no uh, <laughs> rational sense. But what is it in me that I'm experiencing maybe pain or attachment to uh, somebody in my family being sick? And when, you, when you're able to bring everything inward, and then reconcile with that. Uh, you free yourself, and in freeing yourself, you free the, the, the other person. Maybe, maybe they still uh, uh, remain sick, but there's there's a change that occurs, and this this change that occurs sometimes is so subtle that we completely ignore it. But when we're able to perceive the subtlety of the change that occurs within us and how that is assisting the person who uh, was or is sick, but now in a different form because our perspectives have changed, that's when uh, healing begins. And anyways, the, the, the art of reconciliation uh, that Ho'oponopono teaches is sorry, please forgive me, which is sorry, saying I feel it, I feel it internally, please forgive me for uh, being in ignorance of that, which was in me, which I didn't notice was there. So sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you for showing me the, the person being sick in my family, uh, has come up in me and now I can see it. Oh, wow. Thank you for showing me. And when you say, thank you, you're not only bringing yourself to the present and acknowledging what you have, but you're entering into a state of appreciation and appreciation being uh, just like when you uh, purchase a home uh, and you hope that the value appreciates. This is something I believe I've shared on, on your podcast before, but it's, it's important to remember. So noticing the appreciation that exists over time and then saying, uh, I love you. And you're saying, I love you to yourself. And the, I love you being the part, where you're able to now lean into where there was pain or uh, dissonance uh, or incoherence and now saying we are in alignment, we are together. And then that being cleansed, cleaned, uh, and you becoming more whole. In other words, what's happening is you are giving away the attachment and in giving, gifting, uh, although it may seem like you're, 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 you're taking away from yourself, you're actually giving yourself something. And this is something I, I, I talk about all the time, but anytime you gift, you truly give somebody something, uh, even though it's something that you are uh, taking from yourself and giving away, 
it doesn't make you feel less complete. It makes you feel more complete. So it brings you to that state of wholeness. So saying, I love you is the gift. And that's where uh, you reconcile. And I think that's very powerful, uh, especially when, when talking about uh, this, this notion of, uh, of practicing, uh, being a part of your own process, your individual process in a selfish way, but with a collective consciousness, a collective mindset, a, co- a collective view, a collective perspective. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question about spirituality? Yeah, certainly it's something that Chris and I you know, have found, like, why have you been exploring spirituality? I love how well, I went to Catholic is. school. <laughs> I went to Catholic school. <laughs> and in Catholic school, I learned about uh, God and his power and uh, how important it was to follow the path of, of Christ and all these things. And uh, really, there being a doctrine or a belief system that you're supposed to obey by. And unfortunately, this, this, this doctrine, this belief system seemed to be causing people to do things that were unhealthy. (laughs) And one of those things I remember uh, being punished by the nuns in the school where they would grab my ears so so hard that the ear would crack and I would have pain and then punishing you holding books or you know standing in a corner it, it, it was so unhealthy <laughs> so I, 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 I struggled with that and then on top of that uh, I had an older brother who I really look up to I still look up to but he was a teenager and he also noticed this by going to Catholic school in Spain. And uh, he said, I'm an atheist. God doesn't exist. This is not a thing. Okay. So of course, as the younger brother, I'm like, well, my brother is always right. And he's, he's the man. So I should be following that. But then always returning to this place of uh, feeling like there's something so big, so unexplainable in words that I can feel it's right here, but I just don't know what it is. And this is where I realized that we are so bound, and this was many years ago, but we're so bound by the, the language that we use that we are unable to see the truth because of it. An example of this was I, I had a very successful uh, moment that happened in my life and I was in Boston uh, and I was having this dinner and I celebrated with uh, a group of people. And at the end of this dinner, after the celebration, uh, the, the person who was treating us to dinner and celebrating with us said, uh, uh, God bless you. And in my head, I got so angry at him. I said, God bless, bless me. I just felt so frustrated because I felt like it was the the language just did not resonate with with me. I got in my taxi and 
that was the first time I was able to sit back and say, what was he really trying to say? What was he really trying to say? He wasn't saying anything about Catholicism or Christianity. He was simply saying, God bless you. What does that mean? Well, if we truly look at it, what it means is that he was expressing his hope, uh, his desire for me to have everything and for it to come my way in a, in a way that was a gift, a gift that I could appreciate, that I could potentially use, that I could continue to unfold, to just be the best <coughs> version of who I'm meant to be in this world. And that was the first time I was able to uh, lean into a religion that I was having friction with. And although I wasn't in agreement with the way that it was expressed, I could connect with it. And that connection allowed me to detach. So that was kind of the beginning. And then when uh, I started to experience a lot of internal pain and suffering, I caught myself, of course, um, asking, I need help. Show me. What do I do? And having this dialogue with myself. And in and, and that moment, you start to, to notice, well, who am I talking to? <laughs> Maybe I'm talking to myself, but what part of myself am I talking to? And how does that part of myself have the answers and I don't? So who, who is that? Who is that? And then going even further and noticing, wait a second, that which I am speaking to uh, that I believe has the answers also exists elsewhere. It exists in, in, in every single person I connect to in nature. It's here right now. What is that? Well, some may call it God. Other may, may call it awareness. Other people may, may, may call it uh, Buddha mind. <laughs> other people may call it uh, uh, Christ. It, it, it takes uh, many different um, uh, shapes and forms when you try to to name it, but it's it's always the this, this, this same. And that that was kind of the the beginning. And um, and then as time went on, uh, I noticed this this pattern of of uh, when Wim Hof first popped up in the in the in the fitness scene, I started thinking, why is breath all of a sudden becoming this commodity? And and of course, breath being spirit <laughs> and spirit being life, uh, that, that's what it was. And in our uh, most essential form, the, the breath is that which we can be unconscious of and it still goes and be conscious of and, uh, and direct it. And in that, uh, becoming um, aware that this, physical form that we have is, is just a key, just an anchor for expanding into the realm of uh, there's something bigger. We can't really name it. This is kind of like the Tao Te Ching. You can't name it. It's Tao. But at the same time, you can flow with it. And the flow with it, you can choose for it to be reflexive, meaning uh, reactive, unconscious, or deliberate, meaning uh, conscious and um, uh, well-nurtured thought, uh, thought of and, and, and taken care of. And that's kind of the, 
the beginning of it. Uh, of course, there's a lot of layers to this and uh, how I'm currently working with it. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the essence. Nice. Just, yeah, just curious. Interesting you picked it. You pick up on the breath. Because I, I wonder if, um, I mean, we, we met you as our first as our first port of call in this whole thing. And I think we would definitely, uh, in our Bill and Ted's phone box of a hire car, just traveling around the world, looking for, uh, well, looking for, looking for answers. And it, you know, now that they're all within, but we met, we just happened to meet you first. And it, we were all, I think, I kind of feel like we were on that meeting, we were all feeling similar things, but didn't necessarily know. Well, we'd only just met. So you don't pour everything out to the people that you've, that you <laughs> literally have just met. And, you know, we'd never really spoken to you, but it was like, God, what, what was that that brought us together and then go on our, go our separate ways, but have similar, similar journeys. And, um, it's definitely somewhere where, you know, speaking on behalf of Chris and I, and Chris has had his own interpretation and, and ride of it into that spiritual realm. And then seeing other people, and, and we, I guess we've been in the fitness space, other people have mm -hmm. been exploring that as well, trying to make head, or trying to make sense of it, trying to orient themselves um, Lots of people writing, lots of people getting creative, lots of people doing incredible feats of endurance to search and find for something. And whenever we're around them, you know, not that Chris and I are perfect. And, you know, I mean, we'd like to think we're enlightened, ascended masters, but <laughs> long way to go. I think we're trying to jump up and grab I'm the first the, rung. I'm still <laughs> in the apprentice space. <laughs> um, it, it's always like, guy you don't really need to do this thing because you you're already you know chris often says mm -hmm. that you're already perfect you're already there like why why are you doing this like mm -hmm. this weird pilgrimage of self-punishment um don't really know where my mind's just gone it's just it's just spouted words out and now now i don't really know where but chris was gonna no that, that resonates deeply with me and i I think, which is my problem, but I think <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I think the reason we do it is because we this world that we live in uh, is prone to uh, forgetting, and we need to remember. You sit down to meditate, uh, maybe you're focusing on your breath. And then all of a sudden you start to wander off into thought. What am I going to do later? I have a podcast. Am I, am I going to be ready? Do I have to prepare? What am I going to have for lunch? I'm starting to feel a little hungry. You have all these thoughts. And then all of a sudden you, you realize, wait a second, I was here to focus on the breath. And you remember. And the moment you remember, you return to the breath. And it's in the return to the breath, to focusing on the breath, where you practice. And it's, it's that we do every day. I mean, think about uh, at night, you, you have all these dreams. And some people say, I don't dream. Well, yes, you do. Everybody dreams. You just don't remember. And some of us remember vaguely what we dreamt. But then they, they, they fade away really quickly because they're so subtle. They, they, they're, they're ungraspable. But we know they happened. 
we struggle to remember. And this is the, the, the practice. This is why we do these things. This is why I'm, I'm standing on my hands for, for several hours uh, every week. It's just to remember. And sometimes I go into the practice of remembering and all of a sudden I, I'm like, ah, oh, my left shoulder kind of hurts today or Oof, my, my right elbow is a little tight. All of those little things are, are little um, resistance points in the path. But if we can work with those resistance points, with those obstacles, they fade away. Like you said, the last six years, James, they ju- that just psh, dissolved. They fade away. And then all of a sudden you're there and you're like, whoa, that's what it felt like. Oh, that's what it looked like. And then what's really cool is that we have this amazing ability now to record those events. Uh, we right now, we're, we're, we're recording these words and they're being recorded. That there's, there's a historical record and that recording allows us to kind of look back and notice, oh, this is where I came from. This is who I am uh, in that moment. And this is who I am right now. I'm still the same, but from a slightly different perspective. And we're supposed to do the full circle. We're supposed to do every single degree of perspective of looking at ourselves. And that's what we're here to do. And whether it's in one lifetime or if people believe in reincarnation, multiple lifetimes, it doesn't matter. And one way or another, you're here to do the full circle. Mm. And doing the full circle is the, is the, is the release. It's the, it's the practice of, of becoming whole, more, more complete. The beauty is that when you do one full circle, all of a sudden you notice that when you come back to the beginning, you're a little elevated. You have ascended, <laughs> the ascended masters, right? They go through the spiral staircase over and over again. And uh, that spiral being the the essence the the practice of remembering i'm focusing on the breath i deviate from the breath i return to the breath i'm focusing on the breath now at a, at, from a new perspective from a new level and i do that again i forget about it and then i come back to it and i'm slowly just climbing this spiral ladder and that's what we keep doing um, and we can choose to see that or we can choose to just be be completely um, uh, unconscious uh, about it. I think we we're all going in the same direction, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It, it's it's I'm curious. It's curious to me that you uh, you use the word remembrance, and you also talked about dreams. Um, <clears throat> so the, probably about a year ago or so, having done my own kind of <laughs> endurance events of 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 seeking but not really knowing why I was doing the endurance events and and then yeah like about a year ago just kind of having that that moment of lucidity where I was like oh I I just remembered I don't need to go and search like it like I am it (laughs) like it's here I've got it already but only understanding that on a on a certain level whatever that level is and and it's interesting that you say about the dreams because I do a lot of work with my dreams as well in terms of, you know, setting intentions and recording them and, and, and setting intention, well, setting intentions for lucidity or, or other realms and, and realizing actually that all those things are happening. They happen every single night. So actually the practice is in remembering that they're happening every night and that when I achieve those states that I'm looking for, whether that's remembering my dreams or becoming lucid or, 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 or even going astral, they're already happening. <laughs> they happen every single night. I just have to 
wake up and retain the memory of it remember that i'm already doing it and when i had this this uh, revelation last year that i that I, that i wasn't separate from however you want to describe it whether you want to describe it as source or god or creator or whatever it was it was just like this a massive aha moment for me like i've been trying to intellectualize it in in a different way like what, you know what are the keys what are the practices i need to do to take me back to here in order to achieve this reunion that, that I'm looking for, that I don't even know that I'm looking for a reunion. Uh, you know, just been like, you just need to surrender, chill the fuck out and just sit there and, and let it be and like, and realize it, let it, let the remembrance come to you that you're, mm -hmm. that you're already there. Yep. And that, that spiral <laughs> is probably, I mean, it's a perfect, perfect metaphor of it. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. just going, maybe, and maybe it's a spiral, uh, not downwards in the negative sense, but downwards into the sense uh, in the sense of deeper and deeper within oneself, of, of uh, you know spiraling down a staircase of going one step further down into that remembrance or recalling you know a step further down into the psyche. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not even really sure what what any of that particularly means at this point, other than that it was a ginormous revelation for me at the time, and and it's kind of consumed me for the for the past year of. Uh, of enough of a um a spark to to draw my attention and to keep my attention there and and not to be losing attention on other things but to becoming more and more like i'm just not really bothered about the other things and like i i have to deal with the other things as a way to kind of go through this experience that we're having like i i have to work and i have to have relations but like i, I feel more and more drawn away from everyone like i like a kind of more isolated now in my living scenario than, I, than I've ever been, mm -hmm. as, as, is, as is everyone, of course, but almost also by choice to, because I just want to remember that more and more. And I, and I mm -hmm. can't even express why the, I have the desire or where the desire comes from, but just being like, oh, like, like I, I got the, like I just caught that fleeting moment of, you know, that, that, that amazing thing where I'm like, and now of course, that's, not chasing after it, but, but being so intrigued and, and so engrossed by like, Oh, all this other stuff doesn't really matter. It's like that. And I, I don't know whether the, the, the process is of not continuing to chase it, but just chilling the fuck out again, <laughs> sitting and remembering it, you know, yeah. just curious to hear, curious to hear you, hear your choice of words and even your, your Catholic upbringing. Cause that was mine. Like I, I went to a Catholic school too, and 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 always had a lot of resonance with the te the te the pure teachings, mm -hmm. but not not with the the physical teachers that were in my life, that were yeah. meeting out punishment under the name of goodness, <laughs> you know, or morality. This is a moral teaching, so I'm going to punish you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like that doesn't that doesn't inspire yeah so it, it, yeah it doesn't inspire it, it actually expires it takes it takes life away from you i think remembering right. too as you were speaking remembering is also putting the members back together remembering and yes what are the pieces? what are the pieces of our practice that we're putting back together what are the pieces of of that which feels complete whole uh that we're putting together and and uh, all of these pieces, as much as we've said, lie within us, can be experienced outside of us. And, and, and maybe it's as simple as uh, noticing that 
that which we speak, that which we do, that which we uh, leave behind throughout our expression. These are all little breadcrumbs that allow us to see, oh yeah, when I put them together in this form, in this puzzle piece, it creates an image. It reveals a picture, so to speak. And, and that picture is the picture of me, is the picture of uh, uh, the meaning of life, uh, uh, Tao, uh, God, source, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't really matter. It's, I really appreciate what, what Taoism says, which is its name. Tao is nameless. It's the nameless, it's the formless. Uh, but it has a picture that I can see, not with my eyes, but with my eye, the, 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 the third eye, the mind, the true, the true mind. And there you notice that uh, your mind is not inside of your body, but you're actually inside of the mind. And this, of course, being another just like very meta trippy experience. But when you get to witness that, experience that, all of a sudden there's this sense of, what I'm doing is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So what's the pressure? What's the, what's the rush? What's the, the need? But then when, when you've been there, and I think this is something that I'm, I'm kind of hearing in you a little bit, Chris, which I've been reminded of is the moment you think you've seen, the moment you think you've remembered, go back to the real world. Go, go back and uh, go visit your family, go visit friends. And then Tell me if you're enlightened, because that's the moment you're going to have these reactions. Oh, whoa, why am I feeling this way? And, uh, and all of a sudden, I'm feeling righteous. And uh, in that righteousness, noticing, wait a second, I have not done the work. There is so much more left to do. And there is no way that I can complete the work within this lifetime. Thus, uh, what am I going to do but to just go with it? It, it reminds me of a quote that I have. And again, substitute the the word the word God for in fact they even have the full quote here, but substitute the word God for whatever you want it to be. And it's a see God in all things, see God in all people, see God in myself. So to your point that that what you're doing is is utterly perfect because it's it's an expression of that. And so it's like, yeah, you know, for me, my natural tendency to to try to remember is that I just want to sit in silence and, and be on my own, which obviously I can't do for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or, or I can, but it's a really extreme expression that that extreme being a, a, an aspect of my personality, you know, mm-hmm. could be one option, but, but, it, but it also is just, it's not, if I want to live here in, 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 in England, it's, it's not really an option. And so mm-hmm. it's, you know, what you're saying there, it's like, or why here it's like what you're doing is perfect because that's the only way to remember that mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah um i think we all serve we all serve a function in in this world and it's important to allow ourselves to serve that function uh, some people compare the planet to a living organism and uh, they say that everything that is living on top of the, the planet, uh, as we know it, like the, the, the hard planet. Uh, so us uh, humans, all animals and vegetation is like the nervous system. And uh, we, the, the, the humans and animals are 
uh, the sympathetic nervous system and the vegetation <laughs> is the parasympathetic side of the nervous system. And uh, we all serve this function. If there are neurons that are not firing or pathways that are not created and, because they're completely silent, at times that is beneficial because we need to eliminate um, a part of the input that we're getting in order to not be overwhelmed and have a full shutdown. But we also need to realize that there are times where we have to be active. Otherwise, we, we don't see. We are not able to do. We're not able to grow. This, this organism that is our planet, it will be out of coherence. And if that's the case, the planet as the organism that we are a part of will make sure to regulate itself. And that may come with a mass extinction and then a reset. Or uh, it may come with uh, extinguishing a couple of people. We could call that natural selection. Uh, and I think that's, that's really something we've been experiencing. And there are people who are talking about this in way more advanced ways than I, I can even express here. Uh, like Zach Bush, for example, uh, who, who has been talking about uh, the, the virus and, and what does this really mean and what does it come from? Uh, in terms of a, an evolutionary perspective. And it's interesting. It's interesting to be able to notice that and to acknowledge, hey, now I have times where I want to be in silence because this is where I am really developing. But there will be a time where you're going to have to come back and take the curriculum of life. Will you be ready? Uh, and the answer is, of course, yes. But in your practice, while remembering, while being in silence, while uh, exploring and revealing that which you need to see, uh, all of that is there to be applied. If it's not applied, then um, it's, it's, it's not useful. And, and everything in nature, if you look at it, is here to be used. If it's not used, it expires and it becomes ground or uh, uh, the foundation for what is useful to grow. Mm. you have to live life mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's i think that's what it that. comes down to yeah we we move we move literally we move <laughs> uh uh to, to be of use and to in the process remember how we are of use and for what write that one down james that's a that's a nice quote. I was trying to find another one. I'll, have, I'll, I'll return to it in the, uh, <laughs> in the, in the recording. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did write earlier, we move towards finding us. Well, we move together towards finding yourself. That's what I wrote down earlier in, in, uh, mm. as notes of what you were saying. We sound so wise, huh? Well, we are. <laughs> We are so wise. <laughs> the three three wise men, Carl. There were only three, weren't there? There were only three. This is it. this is it. We need nothing else. Everybody listening, we have all the answers for you. Worry not, because here we are. <laughs> well, I, did, I as you were talking about uh, the the wheel and returning and remembering and then. Mm. going one level up like this upward spiral i pulled up issue one of um how do i do this i pulled up issue one of we move of which you are in there and i thought you said mm -hmm. some quite 
interesting things. And I wanted to say to you, remembering back to that time of 2015, were you thinking that, or were you feeling this way in your body and your mind was uh, trying to verbalize it in a different way? Mm-hmm. Like how you are now. Yeah, it's I've simply turned myself inside out, and I'm still in the process of turning myself inside out. It's um, it's not there yet. But in 2015, when we met, we sat down and we talked and we spent that day together. I was I was feeling, I was feeling this unexplainable, nameless part of me that had to come out that had to present itself reveal itself and i didn't have the tools and because it was getting bottled in there my body was literally deteriorating in order for it to crack open um and i was trying at that time i was trying my best because i couldn't self-reference i couldn't internally reference I was trying to reference outwardly and I was trying to find how are other people saying this and what is it that I'm seeing within my immediate circle that is frustrating me, that is uh, not being said, not being acknowledged. So I I was trying, but I'm not sure I was, I was successful. Uh, And of course we can define what, what success means because maybe today what I said then uh, makes sense. I'll read you what you said. Please, because well, this is what we, this is this is the uh, the feature that we did. Uh, it was titled "Let Your Body Do What It Wants to Do," and I said mm-hmm. in the the opening, we said "renowned movement specialist." We, I mean, it's all debatable. Those, those <laughs> three words, yeah. very Re- renowned, <laughs> very special. <laughs> renowned movement specialist Carl Powley believes the way movement feels is the key to unlocking your potential. If it feels good, keep going. If it doesn't, then listen. And then I asked you, what is your movement philosophy? And you said, let your body do what it wants to do and don't be scared of it. Listen to what your mm. body is trying to tell you through feeling. As long as it feels good, you're going in the right direction. And if it's not going in the right direction, your body will tell you. Everyone mm. wants to measure movement by time or weight. And I say that true human performance can only be measured by feel. We must learn to feel how we are moving. Mm. What, are you, what a wise young man. No, but no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still in full agreement with it. And I guess what I was saying, I was cognitive of back then. I, I was rationally aware of. I, I didn't have it inside me yet. I, I in my, in, in my body yet. I only had it in, in, in rationale and concept. Hmm. You know, you say that and. Uh, James said to me the other day, he's like, oh, the article you wrote about Wim Hof, it's like, it's really spot on. Like, and, and, and I went back and read it and I was like, this is literally stuff that I'm talking about now. I don't, I don't even know how I wrote it then. Like, I certainly uh-huh. don't understand it the way I understand it now. Like, they were uh-huh. just kind of rational words that, that I was writing down to create a story. It's, it's kind of really wild to, read, to, to, to hear oneself's expression from five years ago. 
uh-huh. and see it with a completely different set of eyes or understand yes. it in a different way. Yes. Wow. I'm kind of speechless right now, but I'm so glad you brought this up because I continue to say true human performance is measured by feel. When it feels right in your head and your heart and your gut, then you are trending in the right direction. I've, I've said that. Maybe that's what I'm going to be remembered for if, if I'm remembered for anything. Uh, but what it really means is that when your mind, your rational mind is in, in coherence with what is in your heart, that which is true to you and in your gut, meaning your body, then you, you will always be trending in the right direction. And it's here where performance is no longer an illusion, but the expression of the purest truth. It's there. And practicing these, these three levels, so to speak, of, of awareness, mind, body, and spirit, which is your heart, it's you, is at the core of practice. And through the body, we can access that which is true internally and rationalize mentally, conceptually, uh, the experience. It's, that's it. If, if there is anything that I, I, I can say that, that would be it. And this, what, it, what it's really telling us, it's telling us that don't be scared of choosing. Don't be scared of choosing a path. Don't be scared of moving in a certain way or taking on a challenge because regardless of what that is, regardless of what the practice is, the technique is, the method is, it's going to show you exactly what you need to see. And if you can allow, allow that to bring you into coherence, which is the body does what it wants to do, let it do that. It will give you a feeling. With that feeling, it will give you a thought. With that thought, you just have to let the thought, the chaos of the thought, settle, self-regulate. It will return back to what's inside of you, your heart, and then allow you to move again. Something I've been saying is that the... the conceptual process that we go through in our evolution, in our uh, expression is when you, when you move, you feel, when you feel, you think, when you think you see, not through your eyes, but in your mind, you see, when you see, you move again. So when you move, you feel, when you feel, you, you, you think, when you think, you see, and when you see, you, you move again. And we go through that iteration over and over and over again. And the more you move, the more pure you become. You start to let go of all of that, which is holding you back. And even when, even when you start to meet resistance in your body, maybe you don't feel strong enough, or you're starting to feel pain. There's that always serves as a hinge, as a point for that, that, that for your, yourself to really start to take new directions. Uh, the body is here to direct us. It, it's very intuitive when you allow it to, to be what it is. Why do you think, or do you have a thought on why people don't, lend, don't let the body intuit direction? Mm. 
I think there's a lot of fear on what we would potentially see if we allowed it to do what it wants to do. Um, I mean, just think about the paranoia that has come with the pandemic. Oh, I have a sniffle. Do I have COVID? Is COVID now going to kill me and kill everybody around me? Am I going to be a catalyst for uh, this this whole uh, chaotic environment that we're living in to become even more chaotic? Am I the problem because I have a sniffle? (laughs) We're so scared of what our body can tell us and reveal for us that uh, we 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 start to over sanitize our hands we have to wash our hands we are isolating we are doing all these things to separate ourselves from nature when in reality we are we are nature and the body is that which connects us with nature mm. when you move you feel you may feel weak you may feel pain Whatever it is that you're feeling, notice what your body does if you let it do what it does. If you feel pain, you move away from pain. What happens when you move away from pain? You enter a place of discomfort. But when you enter that place of discomfort, that discomfort cannot hurt you. It can all only make you grow. This is kind of like a, when it comes to basic behavior. If you have an addiction to something, let's say you are addicted to smoking and you decide this smoking is causing me pain physical pain, mental pain, relationship pain, whatever it may be. It's causing me pain, psychological pain. I'm going to move away from it. When you leave that addiction, you're going to enter a place of discomfort. That discomfort is no longer hurting you. It's only allowing you to grow. It's noticing what the body does naturally. It's going to move away from pain. Sometimes we're fighting a virus, we're fighting an infection. What does the body do? Well, it starts to attack that infection. It starts to work with that infection. You may have a fever, you may have a sniffly nose, a headache. That is just your body regulating itself, self-regulating. That is uncomfortable, but it's what healing feels like. That's the place that movement, physical practice takes us to. And it feels counterintuitive when we have the an unhealthy relationship with uh, our bodies and uh, uh, a misguided interpretation and model for pain. It's like getting in the ice water. Why would you do that? That is uncomfortable as hell. But we've seen, we've seen the benefits, not only in physical uh, in the physical realm, but also in the mental and emotional one. Move away from pain, move towards discomfort. Some interesting words there, Carl, that misguided model, because it's something that we have uh, talked about through meeting meeting people such as yourself that are that they've done this exploring of physical practices and that includes you know crossfit breath work ashtanga yoga all, all of those things when people have methods even even wim hof method and this 
misguided model and interpretation, like Wim's method in a way has, has been monetized mm -hmm. for sure. But Wim created that method to, I believe, to help him self-regulate, self-medicate the traumas of his family, which isn't a very uh, sexy thing to say. But he found what worked for him. It also, and then it became switched to become mm -hmm. this amazing thing because it, getting in the cold has great benefits it does make mm -hmm. you feel amazing doing the breathing makes you feel amazing it also unlocks a bunch of stuff that you don't necessarily want to have unlocked mm -hmm. when, when you go into those transcendent states and the same with ashtanga yoga you know my interpretation of that when i was practicing was it was a perfect model and actually a friend of ours who's a pretty good ashtangi or quite proficient however you describe uh, competent she's a competent practitioner mm -hmm. of uh, ashtangi yoga that's she said it's a perfect system we're just not perfect and how many people have really bad things to say about that model almost saying it's like totally wrong etc but when you said the words misguided model and it's in our interpretation and, and, and a misguided model like people they pin on something what they're wanting to get from it but that's to almost miss the point that i kind of feel that those ashtanga postures or what formed ashtanga were for the person who put them together to find you talked about a, a practice and you put all those things in for them to feel whole they put all of those things in for them to feel whole not necessarily for anyone else and then it was like to someone else give it a go. This worked for me, give it a go. But in a way, give it a go and change it if you want to. But this worked for me. Maybe you want half the number of postures. Maybe you, you just want to do a headstand <clears throat> and not a handstand and, and how we've got lost in the questing and the script of following a formula mm -hmm. rather than mm -hmm. saying, no, just literally use it as a guide and then just if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Mm -hmm. like, you know, don't dislocate your knees just for because just because it's worked for me. Right. Like, like you know, that's going to put you in a whole load of you know pain and and turmoil. But yeah. really, how lots of people are dismembering themselves, literally in their <laughs> in their yeah 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 in in their quest to remember, not really forget. Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, like that, rather than it's about forgetting, they're dismembering themselves. Like they're becoming disconnected from what it is that they sought in the first place. Mm -hmm. Again, don't know where I'm going. There were just words coming out of my mouth. Yeah, a technique, a technique, a practice, a method is a great vehicle for uh, structured self-exploration. But when it stops serving you, then it's time to break free from it. And it's knowing this that is uh, of the essence to remember when you enter. It's, you say, I'm going to choose to practice this without any expectations, without comparing myself to how other people practice, with the intention of revealing that which needs to reveal itself. And when that's done, then I can move on. And I think this is at the essence of creating a method, 
or learning from a method. It, it does, it's, it's the same thing where there's expression, experimentation, integration, transcendence, and you go through that. Expression, experimentation, integration, transcendence. Expression is simply just do, okay? We're gonna enter a practice, just do, just do. And then all of a sudden you realize, well, there are 84 postures. I'm just gonna focus on three. Okay, great. You're gonna focus on those three. You're experimenting with those three. As you experiment with those three, all of a sudden, you're starting to learn some lessons. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that if I did this with my hips or this with my shoulders, I could actually enter that posture. And that is showing me how uh, everything else in my life uh, is uh, either uh, allowing me to get in there into that posture or limiting me. So all of a sudden, I change my life. And that's the moment there's an integration of a lesson. You integrate the lesson. All of a sudden, you've achieved the posture. And now you transcend where this is the moment where the practice is, is not the solution, but rather that which you created around your life that holds that practice as a place of truth. Through that practice, I arrived here. Now I'm here and I can see the practice for what it really is. And that's the transcendence part. That's where you move on to the next thing. This doesn't mean that you don't revisit it one day. It just means that you, you're ready for the next layer. And that may be a new posture, uh, a new technique, a new, a new focus. Uh, that's very powerful. Is that what you've experienced with the hand balancing? Indeed. The hand balancing by simply allowing it to tell me what I need to pay attention to and just listening to that is transforming me. And uh, one of the, one of the things that it, it did without me <clears throat> even noticing was it changed my relationship with food. Like, how is it possible that handstands is changing my relationship with food? Well, how is that? Well, because when I practice, uh, I know that I practice better in a certain state and thus I need to eat at different times or manage when I eat. And then noticing that I managed when I was eating in order to fit in my practice. And in that way, I started to change the way that I was eating, the times that I was eating at. And then I realized, wait a second, um, I'm feeling a little fluffy, a little, a little chunky. I want to be a little lighter for this practice. So what, what can I do? Well, I, I, I want to continue to eat. But uh, I, I know that I need to uh, change something. So all of a sudden you start exploring, can I eat different things? Should I eat at different times? Um, what, what, what is going to happen? And then all of a sudden being like, well, I know about this intermittent fasting thing. I've done it before. Maybe this is actually good for me to do now that I'm practicing handstands. It just fits with my schedule. And then all of a sudden I'm on an intermittent fasting uh, schedule. It's not rigorous. It doesn't have to be like, okay, you don't eat, you know, after eight or, uh, or you start eating at 12. It doesn't have to be like that, but it, it naturally occurs. And then noticing, oh, wow, I feel so much better when I'm in this state. Now I know how to uh, work with it. And then uh, once that becomes a habit, uh, you start to eat in a certain way, it's allowing yourself to deviate from that. And this may look like, hey, we're going for dinner or we're going to have dinner later tonight. Or you know what? We're going to have a, a delicious uh, uh, bowl of pasta today and uh, you're going to have ice cream at the end. Well, fantastic. Let's have that. And all of a sudden, 
all of those things that uh, you have been avoiding become a gift and are actually nurturing. So it, it, it all starts to kind of work together. And, and that's just handstands. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't care if people think I'm a nut or not because it works for me and I'm so glad it does. <clears throat> but what I think is beautiful about that is, is just the simplicity of the practice. You know, you're, you're standing on your hands. It, you know, it's like it doesn't, it just, it, you know, it's not complicated, but it doesn't have to be complicated. But of course, humans are innately tend trends, should I say, towards complexity. <laughs> like if it, if it certainly, you know, I, I have the experience of if it's not complicated or hard, then it doesn't have any value. <laughs> like, well, it's that simple that it must be, it must be a, a trick or it must be a joke or it must be, you know, it can't be true. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't have to be. It, it can, it, it genuinely is that simple and can be that simple. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's taken you many years to, to get to the simplicity of the practice, to strip it back to what it actually is show, gifting you. Yes. And I'm still not even, I'm, I'm, I don't feel anywhere close to, to having figured anything out. I feel like every day I'm waking up and thinking, oh, what now? I mean, <laughs> I, I have no clue. <laughs> my, my, my little scared self comes out. What, what's going to happen next? <laughs> Do I even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's the beauty that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But you were always, I, you were always like this. So then you just return to yourself, don't you? In in that sense, like you've you come out as the scared self, mm -hmm. but you, you've always been for as long as we know, or we've mm -hmm. known you've been speaking in this way. So you know, chances are you've been speaking in that way always. So that just returned mm -hmm. you. You've always yeah. been yourself. That's true. Yeah, That's true. I've, I've, I've always, I've always been myself and I've always been willing to speak in this way. Uh, because it's really all I have. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm not confident because I can, I can tell you, I feel very confident when I'm, I'm doing the thing that's in my element. You're very confident and I feel very comfortable too. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't mean I can't, have uh, the ability to to share that I'm just a guide trying to figure it out and sharing that which is clear in this moment, but I'm also open to hearing that which I've missed and thus be able to find even more clarity. And I know I can't do it without you. So here I am going to share at the best of my abilities. And when the time is right, receive the feedback that guides me in the in the next direction and while i while i wait i practice while i wait i practice mm. out of curiosity do you have a, a let's say for example ashtanga you know you, you practice traditionally you practice first thing in the morning i don't know let's say 6 a.m or whatever do you do you keep a structure with your practice in that way Mm -hmm. So what I've found is that in the morning, I am more cerebral. I'm up here. 
And this is where I, I'm able to do the more intellectually demanding things. As, I, as my brain starts to slow down because I've exhausted it, then I'm able to tap into my body and do the physical. Then, then comes the physical. And, and that sometimes doesn't come until afternoon. And then once I've done the physical and I've exhausted my body, then I go into the creative emotional. That's when uh, I'm able to uh, be in a place where I'm like, oh, I've remembered now who I am. And this may not come until 6 p.m. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's time to go to bed and I, I started <laughs> over the next, next day. But I have, I have had days where I flip things and I, and I uh, do physical practice uh, in the morning. And it's, it's, a, it's a great way for me to wake up and reverse the order. Now, uh, should I be doing more of that? Maybe. Um, I just haven't done it. <laughs> okay, there's, no, uh, there's no rush, is there, at the moment, which is really nice to do that. It's like, okay, cool. There's no rush. There are insecurities though there are um, parts of my life and my practice that are still revealing some insecurities um i mean uh, even some some body like body image i have some body image um issues that i deal with i'm like oh, i don't feel totally confident in in my body i don't want people to see my body too much um and, and that's one thing that I work with. The other thing that I work with is uh, uh, value that this practice brings. Oh, should I, should, I, should I be bringing more value to people? Should I be more deliberate about doing this thing? This is a story I tell myself. And, and sometimes that's linked to, oh, if you, if you want to live in this world, you, you need to generate value in order to be able to move value or you need to generate money in order to move money and, and, and be very uh, in tune with like directing that. Uh, so there's a lot there. Uh, and I'm, I'm bringing this up because I, I think it's important for people to hear is that <laughs> just because I do handstands and I'm uh, you know, uh, technically getting better, uh, it, there's still a lot of underlying baggage that needs to be reconciled. And, and some is like my physical practice is making me look different. And with my new look, I'm kind of like, Oh, I can love that of course. And I'm, I'm seeing it. And although, although it's subtle, I I'm appreciating it. And it's, it's really an, an act of, uh, being in relationship with myself in the, in the healthiest way I possibly can without neglecting the world that I live in. The long silences feels like they're good places to, it's a lovely conclusion to, to the conversation because I think they're, there's almost nothing more to say in this time. I think that really sums it up where you are, where you are. So thank you. Thank it'd you. Could, it'd be cool to check in in a couple of months, Carl, and just, even if it's not on a podcast, it'd just be cool to check in and, and chat and see how it's going. Yeah.
I would love that. And then we can be like, screw everything we said. We had no clue. <laughs> I, part I'm of the process. Like, I show up and I'm just ripped. I'm here shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> top, 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 top uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, 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 I just want to say that I appreciate you very much. And, um, Although I was kind of energized to to get on this this uh, podcast today and catch up with you, I didn't realize how how meaningful it was going to be to see you. So that was a pleasant surprise for me today, and something that I uh, am going to take with me and roll with uh, because it's giving me uh, a, a sense of just uh, newness, and I'm I'm just glad. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, it was as, it was as good as we could do under the current circumstances because usually we'd if uh, we'd be sitting in a car driving across LA or some <laughs> something mm-hmm. something like that with you. Um, yeah, when, of course, mind you, you can, you might well be in Sweden. Soon. Yeah. So then, or next to you in Spain, we don't we don't know. We may oh. start in Spain and then go go to Sweden, depending on how things roll. Awesome. Well. We just got to smuggle Chris over the borders. And, uh, <laughs> Easy. <laughs> and and then, then we're up. But yeah, thanks so much. <laughs>